Celtic fans can come in here, Laker fans come in here. But take that L on the way out. Dallas coming off a loss last night to San Antonio, 119-109, as Murray hits the three. To... Nine to shoot. Grant sets up Gary Harris. Good look there. Good question I asked at one of their insiders tonight. He's not there yet. He's had some more work. Grant, heat check straight away. Your place to get weekly Denver Nuggets news, highlights, and opinions with your host, Arthur Knight, and your co-host, Nick Basher. All right. Good afternoon. I am Arthur Knight, and this is Take That L. Welcome to the show. And with me, as always, is my man, Nick the Bashman Basher. What's good with you today, Nick? Hey, what up, Arthur? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right today, man. We got to actually sit down and, and watch the game together yesterday. Yep. Um, eating wings and drinking beer, and it was it was a fun time watching the Nuggets battle it out with uh, the Titans of the league in the Lakers. Um, but I gotta I gotta before we get dive deep into all of this stuff, man. I gotta tell you this argument or debate that my uh, daughters were having in the car on the way here. Um, so it, this is hilarious because the way kids' minds work. Uh, so we're driving, and I'm like, "What do you girls want to get for lunch?" Right? And uh, so one one of my daughters is like Taco Bell. The other one's like Burger King. And so for about ten minutes, it's back and forth: Burger King, Taco Bell, Burger King, Taco mm-hmm. Bell. So. My youngest daughter says, well, Monka, we, or, you know, Lillian, we just had uh, burgers yesterday. And she was like, yeah, but that was from Wendy's. That wasn't from the King. Oh, my God. That had, me, that had me dying. I didn't know what to say. You know, I was just listening. I was just <laughs> listening this whole time to my 8 and 10-year-old. Just eavesdropping on your girls. Yeah, and it was just, it, I, I thought it was a funny anecdotal, anecdotal story to, to start the show off with. Yeah, because we're talking about the King of Basketball and LeBron, right? Uh, uh, well see crickets crickets all right anyway so this is take that l and you can follow us on facebook uh on take uh, follow us on facebook take that l and follow us on twitter at take that l5 uh you can also catch our podcast on podbean.com and anchor fm and you can also catch us live 1 p.m. every Tuesday on GoMileHigh.com. All right, so the Nuggets have played three, four games since we last had a show. I think it's been three. Well, it's been four. It's been uh, the Spurs, the Blazers, Utah, and Lakers. But we're not going to get too much into the Spurs because that seems like uh, an eternity ago. Um, But the Nuggets didn't have a quote-unquote bad game against Portland. Um, but they still came up short, uh, mostly due, in my opinion, to their 16 turnovers that continue to plague this team. Um, I mean, they have been terrible in the turnover battle, except for maybe two games. Uh, but they, they did out-rebound the Blazers and shot 50% from the floor and three-point uh, from the, beyond the arc and had more than 20 points more than the Blazers in the paint, right? Um, and that was just that was kind of an ugly game. Uh, ended kind of ugly. 
Um, didn't seem like it was the Nuggets' best effort, but it didn't seem like it was their worst effort either. To be fair, when you're allowing Damian Lillard to drop a uh, a Portland Trailblazer uh, record 11 three-pointers, and then you have Gary Trent Jr. coming off the bench to drop seven three-pointers, yeah, seven of ten. That's hard to defend. It's hard to defend. I mean, That's hard to defend. I mean, that's like... 70 points just between those two players just between 40, two players shooting from the arc. yeah so i i looked at that game of like okay we're really missing gary harris and will barton on that perimeter to guard those yeah. two players so that's the only takeaway i take well, from that, that didn't game. uh didn't um was that the game that uh Millsap sat to I believe that was the game where he didn't play as that well that was yes so so basically our our Two best defenders on the team were out, mm-hmm. and two of our better guards were out, right? Yeah. So no no excuses. You play who you have, and you play who's in front of you, so no excuses. Context um, always matters, but though. But they did. They did. Uh they did manage to take the Blazers all the way into the fourth quarter and solidly like it. It, it was a good game. Uh, and then the Nuggets followed that up playing against Utah. Um, big, biggest takeaway, biggest takeaway for me with the Utah Jazz is that the Nuggets sweep the Jazz for the first time in team history. Um, if, if you feel that's different or you can find um, – Re- in research that that's different that you I looked I can't find a season where the Nuggets beat the Utah Jazz in every game of the of the series in one year um though this game did go into double OT it was by far one of the better defensive games the Nuggets have played since the restart the Nuggets held the Jazz to 40% from the floor and 44% from the three-point line they also got um Utah to turn it over 22 times which is really really good um, while only turning it over 11 times themselves which is their second best in the bubble uh, thus far and then adding 74 points in the paint and holding Utah to only 34 that's phenomenal Um, but if you do look at the numbers uh, the Nugs should have won this game in regulation hands down a win is a win we'll walk away happy but if you really look at the numbers and break them down, the Nuggets really should have won this game hands down in the fourth quarter. You know what my takeaway from that game was? Is I think Malone knows that that's most likely going to be the their first round, the first round matchup, the three and six between Utah and Denver. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just looking at the box score, I mean, they only he only played nine players, which I love. Tighten up the rotation. Mm-hmm. Michael Porter Jr. forty five minutes, Jokic forty two minutes, Grant forty seven minutes, uh, Murray thirty nine minutes. All scoring twenty points each. All didn't scoring, they? Uh, yeah, twenty one, twenty one by Grant, twenty three and twenty three by Porter Jr. and mm-hmm. Murray, and then thirty a thirty eleven and seven game by Jokic, which is just proves again why he's a top five player in this league like and the best center no uh, well that's period. that goes that goes without question period but well I, some people question it but that goes without question here that that those, <laughs> those seem to only be north uh pennsylvania fans for some yeah reason. that's so yeah that's for just, sure <laughs> let's just ex- exclude that part of the country all right so then we move on to last night's game that we got to watch together and though the nuggets had a great didn't have any nuggets that had great individual games the team played solid throughout the entire game um they were sh- they shot 58 percent from the floor and um, 56 from three point exactly I mean. 56 from three point hitting 78 percent. that's the that was the stat that jumped out the most to me was a 78 percent from free throw um the 78 from free throw i don't think they've gotten over 
50 to 60 percent in any other game besides this one um i'd have to do a little bit of research on that but that's what was glaring to me is 78 percent of their free throws they made um and that's 30 that's up from 30 percent from the start of play games in the bubble so i mean they had roughly a 40 percent free throw at a percentage and they they jumped almost double in that um they had their best lack of turnovers in the game with only giving up 10 and getting 14 on their own. Uh, the biggest surprise and news of the night was the Nug's second and third string players playing the entire fourth quarter, though, and giving the Lakers starters all they can handle and maybe a little bit more, arguably, uh, forcing this game down to a last shot stitch effort by the Lakers. Your thoughts on that one? You know, we talked about this a little off air that uh – I didn't take this game as much as a credit. I did think that if the the starters did play, whether it was even four minutes of the fourth quarter, that we probably would have pulled that out. But again, I'm not looking too much into this. I think just by the rotation that uh, Malone was playing last night, I think he's just trying to get young players minutes and just trying to get them kind of ready for if, if they need to be plugged in. Because I think, although in the broadcast they said that Gary Harris and Barton will be back by the eighth game, mm-hmm. I think Malone Against is. The Raptors. I think Malone is starting to look at his team like, listen, I might need to throw Dozier out there for 15 minutes a night, or uh, K to bait Diops for five or ten minutes a night, right? And just just in replace of those guards and wings that we have, right? So, I, I do think it was a great effort by our, our uh, second and third string players. It was a great effort by loved, the whole team. Again, watching this with you last night, man, I, I just kept focusing on Bull, man. He just looks so awesome out there. He looks comfortable. That's what I'm saying. Like, he looks comfortable. Just, I was always worried about those 7-2 athletes like the Porzingis's about, like, the way they run their knees, the way they, the their, their kind of, their their running motion. But Bull looks so smooth out there. So that was something. Well, he's definitely not a commodity like his dad. Like, he looks like he can actually, well, not that, not that Manute Bull couldn't play, but Manute Bull was a low post, um, a low post player that, he was a great shot blocker, and yeah. and at the end of his and that career, was his role. And at at the end of his career, he would shoot like a one or two gimmick three pointers. But Bull legit has the skills to be. He's not a commodity. This no. kid, this kid can play. Um, and anybody that says different is not watching the same games that we're watching because um, when he made that pass to Plumley off of a dribble between his legs uh, and from, it was just from, like a fluid motion three point line from the three point line just it was a, almost half court if if you think about it it was in between the three point line and the half and the half court line it's, it's what it we was, call it's what we call the like the curry dame range man it was a laser though between three defenders and was an easy basket for Plumlee after that and i was just that's what blew my mind is well okay now this now we knew this kid could shoot we knew this kid had mobility did not know this kid could pass like that. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what I take away. We were talking about like just all the kind of unicorn type players we have on our team with mm-hmm. Jokic, mm-hmm. what he can be, what what we know he is. Let me refer that. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., the type of special offensive player he can be, and Bull just being that legit. I hate to, I hate to steal his name, but like kind of like a Giannis Greek freak. Like he is just a freak athlete. With if he his puts length. some meat on his bones, man, he could. I, uh, and listen, we were talking about this last night. I don't think he needs to put that much meat on his bones. He man. needs to put fifteen to maybe twenty five pounds. To put of some weight. lean meat on him. Yeah, fifteen to twenty five pounds of weight and deadly. He could be deadly. 
Yeah, he could be. Um, and actually, he was a little deadly last night. The I even saw him uh, changing a couple of LeBron shots. I mean, 7-2. Plus, we were talking, uh, and just real quick, we were talking um, – about what 7-2 gives you during the game last night. And those rebounds were in those block shots where he just snatched the Makes ball out the air. Easy. It's like, whoa, that's what 7-2 gives yeah. you well, right I mean, there. I mean, even with some giants like Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee on the court, I mean, yeah, he's he was still playing yeah. right out the air. All right. And with that, we will be right back with the give and go on Take That L. I've seen it all, you can't show me nothing Don't nobody give a damn about your family dysfunction So shut your damn mouth when you in the man's house You pass out when I shatter that glass mouth And my jiu-jitsu faster than pit crews Every day, across this country Hundreds of college radio stations take to the air Broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and College Radio is that place for it. College Radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it, too. This is where we start out, you know? From getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio, now, more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. Young Papsy, we must make it back to Camelot so I can listen to GoMileHigh.com. Oh, who goes there? It is I, King Arthur on his mighty steed. Let me in the castle at once. I must get to my quarters to listen in to the best in Colorado's sports lifestyle programming. But sir, don't we live in medieval Wales? No, Popsy, you mustn't ask questions when I'm listening about my beloved Broncos. Ah, GoMileHigh.com. What does it take to be on air? It's not just the personality, though it does help. It takes drive, creativity, passion, and the willingness to develop yourself and truly find what makes you special. At Go Mile High, students are given this chance to become something great. You never know. Someone you're hearing right now could be the next big thing, and you could be the first to know how it all started. So keep listening, because you never know what's next on GoMileHigh.com.
<laughs> that would actually be hilarious. Welcome back to Take That L. I am Arthur Knight, and with me is Nick Basher. And we are going to get right into this give and go uh, platform. Packed, baby. Yeah, because we got a lot to talk about here. So, JG, whenever you are ready, my dear. Got you. Coach Pop gives high praise to the Joker, saying that he might be the second coming of Larry Bird. If you were to compare Jokic to any of the all-time great, who would it be? Bashman? I love the compliment by Pop, although I see a Larry Bird more in Luka. I think Luka's play style is a little bit more Larry Bird because they're both kind of wing guard type players both although Larry Bird was a definitely a power forward small forward whatever you want to classify him as mm-hmm. the passing ability of both of them I think are both at the same level their vision rate. their about, vision yeah. is crazy I think Larry was a better shooter coming into the league better rebounder too better rebounder but it's also that's the height that's the height where you got to give Larry um but what I think Luca can do in today's game makes him more of a Larry Bird. I would think Jokic is more his own class. Like, I don't really think there's a Jokic. Jokic is... Really? That's, a, I, that's I, an I interesting would say take. I, I'm, I'm missing on his first name, but it's Sabonis's father, Ar... Ar- Arbonius or Ar- something? Yeah, yeah. I, I, excuse me on the butcher of the name, but I would say him because he was known prior to Jokic as the best passing center of all time. But Jokic is so unique because he has sur- such great touch around the rim, he can rebound with the best of them. He has some touch from the three-point line where he can mm-hmm. shoot the three. Great free-throw shooter. So he is just... I guess if I would say anyone, he would be a guard that just plays center, but I don't even have a guard that I could compare him to. He's such in the class of himself. You know, I, I don't I don't completely disagree with you on that. Um but where where I would I would compare him to I wouldn't compare him to Larry Bird either. Um, though Larry Bird was a stout player uh, and and a good shooter, I don't think he Larry Bird was as good of a like a as fluid of a shooter as fluid as a shooter as uh, as Jokic is now. Um, so. I would classify, if I were to compare Jokic to another player in history, an all-time great, to me, he's more like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, okay. He's more like a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar that can pass the ball. I mean, Kareem had good vision, and he could pass the ball in the game, and he did. He, he, but he wasn't the facilitator that Jokic is. But Jokic, to me, has that game style. Like, um, not Dr. J, excuse me. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, though he did dunk, he wasn't a dunker, right? Yeah. He was more of that sky hook, finesse, finesse around go the rim. under your arm and let, you know do the finger roll into the, the uh, basket uh, and embarrass you. You know, he would use his height against you, just go over your head and yeah. finger roll it in there. And I think that that's the way Jokic kind of – he emulates that style of play um, he's obviously thicker. Well, he was thicker than uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but he brings that style of play, and then he adds that element of giving assists, where he has such a crazy vision of the floor. He doesn't even have to be looking at the player. Uh, he just knows where all of his player, you know, his teammates are on the floor. So he doesn't have to look in that direction. He knows. 
um, exactly where they are. So that that to me is where he differs from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but his game style, uh, leadership the way he, style, yeah, finesse, the, his defense, everything, yeah. Um, except for the fact that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar could block shots. Uh, Jokic doesn't really block shots. He can. He just doesn't really. He's more of a steal. Um, he's as finesse as you could get, and I believe that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was kind of that that vein in that vein as well. Um, so I, I I don't completely disagree with you and Coach Pop, um, but I just feel like he uh, if you're comparing apples to apples, I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would be the comparison that Jokic um, should be compared against. Uh, JG. <laughs> So sorry, I forgot to play that. The last question. <laughs> Does the Nuggets bench almost beating the Lakers in the fourth quarter speak volumes of the Nuggets depth or the lack thereof for the Lakers? Okay, I'll take this one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I knew he was going to jump on this one like a oh, lion yeah. to a gazelle. I, 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 I knew to. he was going to do it. I, again, I just think this is a little bit of both. Um, I think it was just great shooting by our team. I thought we just had a great shooting night. I thought everyone looked good. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also a mix of the Lakers' depth is definitely taking a hit. They already didn't have the best depth going into this right. season. Especially in their guards. Especially in their guards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think the lack of Avery Bradley and Rondo, believe I can't believe I'm saying Rondo. And also... <laughs> yeah, because you were the one trying to convince me that Rondo wasn't a big deal. I Very much so. But also, we got to remember, Alex Crusoe did go out with an injury last night. He did. So another guard on their premier. Yep. So again, I think it was a bad win by the Lakers. I thought it was a great loss by the Nuggets. Is and there I such think a thing as a bad win? There is. Because okay. there's context. There's the a reasons win is a win. behind it. A win is a win. You're an old head on this for you sure. You won. 100%. You won the game. Go go with your take. <laughs> I'm done with you. I'm done. Is this show almost over? Is this, are we done here? Um <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that uh, I think I think you're right in the aspect that it is a little bit of a, a little bit of b. I think that That's going going into well going into the the this whole bubble situation, I kind of spoke that the Lakers didn't have much depth, and that because of that, their continuity was going to be a little bit off, and that has shown throughout these games, in my opinion. Um, and I'm, I'm no expert, and I'll never claim to be. I just, I watch games. I've watched games since I was three, four years old. I've played basketball. Um, I understand the the concept and, and the rules, obviously, but I do believe that the it showed more last night that the Nuggets have such a deep bench. Um, oh. and, and they always have. They always have. The Nuggets are doing great. Connolly is doing great staffing uh mike malone with uh just top of the line players this is what a philosophy you just can't have bad players and that's what nuggets have is they just don't have bad players they have good solid players especially role players and if you just want to go into it real quick i mean we have jamal we have Jokic, we have porter jr we have Millsap, we have craig Mm -hmm. we have mills uh plumley we have bowl we have Morris, we have Dozier, and we all, we're also missing Gary Harris and Will Barton. Right. That's like a deep 11-man lineup without even uh, K-Debate, Diops, or Morris. And exactly. Morris is definitely within that top 11, 12. Exactly. It's crazy how deep we are. It's, it's, it is crazy. And it was wonderful to see against... Uh, it was wonderful to see our third and fourth potential players go against the upper echelon of the Lakers and dang near beat them. 
Yeah. I mean, they almost pulled out that fourth quarter. I think it was a difference of what, what you read to me. It was four uh, three points. points. Three points. So, I mean, that's pretty doggone good, and that does speak volumes to the Nuggets' depth. All right, let's get one more in before the break there, JG. The Mavericks are salivating at the possible chance of playing the Nuggets in the first round. After watching the, after watching the Nuggets play most of their eight games, is there any bad matchups for the Nuggets left in the bubble? I, I I'm gonna go with there's there's still at least one and that's Houston. Um, even though Houston's getting their pants beat off of them right now as we speak, um, by the by the Spurs. Even though I still don't believe that Houston's style of play is gonna be sustainable throughout the playoffs, um, if we pull them in the first round, I think that could cause problems for the Nuggets. Um, they would they would at least take the nuggets to five six games at bare minimum um and that's where you start to see injuries and all of that stuff started to come into play and that that we want to avoid at all cost um but as to the mavericks and them you know actually publicly stating that they want the nuggets in the first round because they feel like we're cho- the nuggets are chopped liver um that's why I have the attitude and Bashman's been kind of giving me crap about it. I have the attitude. It's next man up and you play who's in front of you. Um, I want no excuses as a fan, uh, as an avid nuggets fan. I want no excuses going into, uh, if the nuggets win the chip, I want no excuses. Well, well, they didn't play this team. They didn't play that team. Well, I want them to play. If, if they could, I want them to play every team in the playoffs so that there would be no excuses and nobody could say anything and take anything away from us. Bashman? Yeah, man. I'm just looking at the... Uh, I'm actually... This is the first time I've looked at a playoff bracket where they're actually lined up where you're seeing on what side of what. Currently, we're matched up with the three and six. So that means we're also on the two seven matchup side. So mm-hmm. reversing Utah first round and then a potential between the Clippers and Dallas. Right. Is it crazy to think that maybe the other side of the bracket's not as bad as we think? A matchup, because in this scenario, Houston would actually become the third seed. So right. we'd verse OKC first round. Right. And then the winner of most likely Portland, LA. Right. LA, I, I think te- LA Lakers. I think we technically match up better with LA Lakers than we do the Clippers. I do. I would rather play the Lakers, especially after watching last night. Even though you you never want to poke the bear and awake a sleeping giant, right? True. So they, they always had that LeBron factor. There's no question about that. Yeah, and but, he and and last night, I you know I made a comment to you when he he sat down, he looked pissed off. He was sitting on the bench. I was like, that's not a good sign for I the got, Nuggets. Man. I got I got flashes of 2012 <laughs> LeBron versus Boston 2000 or the Game Six matchup. Just LeBron's face down. So. I, I, I think regardless of the matchup, first round is, is going to be a dub regardless, but it just comes down to would we rather verse the Clippers or would we rather verse the Lakers? And I think Lakers is I want to play both matchup. of them if we could. That, that's just just so there's no, no so debate. So let's, let's drop to the seven then. There's no debate. Let's drop to the seven. I want, yeah, let's do it. Nuggets drop every game, the last two games. So you drop. Well, I don't even think that's possible mathematically anymore. But bottom line is. Um, when we come back from the break, I am going to try to stump the bash man. Bring it on. With the pick and roll. You're listening to GoMileHigh.com, and this is Take That L. Relax, kid. I'm not packing my life is like a movie, lights, camera, action. I'm not 
Come on in to the Kacharis River Bed and Breakfast for an inviting and relaxing retreat in the southwestern Colorado mountains. Whether you're kicking up your feet in the comfy day room or sipping on cocktails down by the river, you're sure to have a great time. Enjoy fishing, hiking, and hunting, all with the comforts of walk-in showers, private balconies overlooking the beautiful Kacharis River and Valley, and breakfast cooked fresh daily by the loving hands of the owner, Galene Smith. If you get hungry in the afternoon or evening, grab a cold one, good company, and grill out on the deck. Or you can come sit, stay at the famous Dog Barn Grill, just a stone's throw from the B&B. Book your room now at kacharasriverbnb.com. That's C-U-C-H-A-R-A-S, riverbnb.com. Kacharas River Bed and Breakfast. Tell them Arthur sent you. Hey Colorado sports fans, you're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, man. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama, what? you know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. See, the llama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, llama. Uh They got the best sports coverage in the state. The llama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com. So I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com Pretty young Popsy, we must make it back to Camelot so I can listen to GoMileHigh.com. Oh, who goes there? It is I, King Arthur on his mighty steed. Let me in the castle at once. I must get to my quarters to listen in to the best in Colorado's sports lifestyle programming. But sir, don't we live in medieval Wales? No, Popsy, you mustn't ask questions when I'm listening about my beloved Broncos. Ah, GoMileHigh.com. I might have to hit it on the way home every They're day. building every, uh, every Tuesday, I might have to hit Oh, it you already home. know they're building in and out down the street. I know, I, t- I saw you. I yeah. talked about that last night. I'm jealous. All right. Welcome back to Take That L. I am Arthur Knight, and with me is Bashman. All right, so you can always follow us on Facebook at Take That L, and you can follow us on Twitter at Take That L5. And always, you know, as always, you can catch our podcast on Podbean.com and Anchor FM. All right, so close it up, take your watch off, turn your phone over, close your eyes. No, just kidding. <laughs> Hey, does the TV help? <laughs> yeah, you can look at the TV. You can look at the TV. That, that'll work. All right, so we're going to get right into the pick and roll. For those of you that have listened to this show before, um, it is basically a basketball or a take-that-L version of Guess Who. 
Um, so like I said, I'm just going to get right into it. I'm going to try to stump the bash man today. Make sure he can't see the reflection of the names. In my today, classes. Junior. I really no. Think, I wanted to start tomorrow, though. I really think I should start looking through NBA player names just so I have like a fresh wave of like random <laughs> player names in my head. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, so this player was drafted by the Golden State Warriors in the first round. Guess who? Is he a current player? No. What a crappy franchise they were until the last 10 years. <laughs> Facts. Like that? Like You're just asking me, like, like what's poop? Like, what's poop? Okay, first round. Um, I'm just going to think of some legends. Rick Barry? No, but good guess. Okay. All right. This player is a four-time All-Star and averaged 18.3 points a game. Guess who? Did he play in the MJ era? Yes. Is it Chris Mullins? It is not, but that was a good guess. All right. Last hint. This player played 13 seasons on three different teams. One was Golden State, I've already mentioned. Another one was the Knicks. Guess who? Okay, that doesn't really help because again, like Knicks are like another bottom feeding franchise that I would never. I told you I wasn't. I know. I, no, you. I love. I I'm love not this. giving you I help love, at all. My question is: Was he part of that Run DMC team in Golden State? The Run DMC. Remind me of who that is. That was Chris Mullins. That's the only one I remember. But it was two other players, <laughs> and I just wanted to know if it was part of that because I would. I believe he did play with Chris Mullins. That's the best I can give you. So he's either D or C, or he's either R or I don't even know how like how that breaks. I don't really know. I'm stumped on this one. Um, <laughs> I can't even give you a player because I, I I wouldn't be accurate. I don't know. You got me. Congratulations. Nice. All right. Well, maybe That's this will help. This will help. Yeah. Give me another hint. All right. Last hint. Well, I already gave you a last yeah, hint. Yeah, but, but give me give me another hint to see if I can actually guess. All right. He played. College in Alabama, and his nickname is Spree. Oh, is it Spreewell? Yeah. I think he was. I actually <laughs> owns it. Yeah, you, know, on, you probably don't remember that commercial. On on, on the uh, the break, I'm gonna have to do a little personal deep dive on uh, what's his first name? Is it Spree? Latrell. Oh, Latrell Spreewell. Okay. Latrell Spreewell. Okay. All right. Next player. This player is a two-time block champion. And was drafted by the Seattle Supersonics. Guess who? Oh my God! <laughs> She's on top of you yeah, already, bro. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think of a uh, a question to help splice this up a little bit. Is was he an NBA champion? Yes. Okay. And he's a two-time block champion. Wrapped by Seattle Supers. No, I think they were already OKC by then. I was gonna say, it's gonna say Serge Ibaka, but it I, is Serge Ibaka. Is it Serge Ibaka? It is Serge Ibaka. Was he really drafted by? He was set. He was drafted by the Seattle SuperSonics, I believe. The same. What year was? Uh, okay, they left in two thousand eight. That was the year he got drafted. He got drafted. So okay, okay. So I think I think when because him and Russ were in the same draft. 
if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. So I think what happened is that was the year that they were becoming OKC the following season. Right. But by that draft, they were still considered Seattle Supersonics. Right. Was he great, was drafted by the Seattle That Seattle's? was a great trick question by you. <laughs> great trick question. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm that working was good. on that it. That was good. All right. Next guy. Steph Curry. <laughs> Damn it. No. <laughs> All right. This guy currently plays point guard in the NBA. Guess who? Is he in the Western Conference? No. Okay. Well, hey, that cuts out 15 teams. That's pretty good. <laughs> and he said he's a starting, right? Just to clarify the first question. I didn't say a starter. I said he plays point okay. guard in the NBA. But, but, he's, but he's current. Is he's what, a current player. Okay. Um, okay. So he's an Eastern Conference player, point guard. Let's just go through the the bottom feeders, bro. Let's go through... Uh, Who's the backup for Atlanta? <laughs> okay, there no. you go. Let's go. Let me go Markel Fultz. No. Okay. Well, hey. All right. This player is also a rookie of the year. Guess who? I think I know exactly who you went with, and this is a really good trick question. I don't know the team he plays for, but if we're going to go through rookie of the years – that are guards. It's either Ben Simmons, Michael Carter Williams, or Finish him. Yeah, I'm gonna go Michael Carter Williams. That was a good guess, but you were wrong. Really? Wow. <laughs> All right. All right. Give me my last my last one then. So. Last one. This player averages 18.1 points this year. And 18.8 his career and is also a three-time All-Star. Guess who? Okay. Come on, on, man. I actually, I'm actually going through all the conferences real quick. Hold on. <laughs> I stumped him. Can you, can you just say the last um, tidbits again on that one? Three-time All-Star. Averages 18.1 a game this season and 18.8 his career. Guess who? Does he play for Milwaukee? He does not. Oh, wait, 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 wait. This is a rookie of the year factor, though. He's he's also a rookie. Ah. I already asked my question, though. Does he play for Milwaukee? So I'm screwed into this. (laughs) So now it's just a very overglorified guess. I'm going to have to go with Ben Simmons because he has those credentials. That was a good guess. But I'm no. wrong. Yeah. God, that was a good. Hold on. All right, all right. All right. All right. Let me actually really think this now. Well, I'll give you another hint. Yeah. Give me another one. Let's 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 do four rounds on this one. This player was drafted by the Chicago Bulls in the first round. It is Derrick Rose. It I is can't Derrick believe Rose. he's only a three-time All-Star. He is. And he's a Rookie of the Year, which is. Definitely threw me out because I wasn't expecting this I guy. was going to throw in the MVP that he got. Uh, I would have definitely. I would have definitely But you'd have got gotten it. it. That was good. Because that, that, that narrows it down. That, that, you know what that question's so great about is it's like uh, you're not giving all the facts, but you're giving just enough facts to like make the pool like big enough to really make you think. Like, <laughs> I have to make you this? think. That was good. I have to make you think. Dude, all right, are you ready? Let's say, do you have a fourth one? Oh, I've got, I've got seven. Oh, okay. Let's do I was ready today. I was going to say you're ready today. All right. This player is a Hall of Fame player and a 10-time All-Star. Guess who? 10-time All-Star, current player. Well, I didn't say that. I didn't say current player. Oh, okay. Well, 
I still can get asked a question. So that's, yeah, you, you can ask if he's a current a, player. Well, no, no, I already know the answer to that one. Uh, <laughs> is he an NBA champion? Uh, yes. Okay. So he's an NBA champion and a 10-time All-Star. Did you say he was a guard? I didn't say anything about a position. Okay. Ten time is such a, it's such a weird number because if you're an all 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 time great, you usually have like. You need to sh- start writing down the pen and paper like your hints. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I should probably get a little bit more professional with this instead of going off the top of the dome. <laughs> you're right. Hey, you're pretty good at it off the top of the dome. I'm just saying. Just saying. Imagine how better I would be if I had notes to go back through. Like the I'm last just two saying. Weeks. Yes. <laughs> okay. No. 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 I don't know this one. I don't know. Give a guess. Uh, I. I Stefan Marbury, but I don't think he has 10 times All-Stars. He's not a 10-time All-Star. That was a good guess. Yeah. All right. This player also is a nine-time All-Defensive Team player and also has a Rookie of the Year to his credit. Guess who? Did he play in the last 20 years? Yes. That's probably way too broad, 20 years. That's way too broad by myself. Okay. Nine-time All-Defense, a ten-time All-Star. I want to say I want to say Kobe Bryant, but I feel like Kobe has more. Kobe does have more, and is not Kobe Bryant. All right, last hint. This player played. Uh, let's see. Twenty-one seasons in the league, on four teams. And this is the biggest hint. He is now a current coach in the league. Guess who? Stop trying to help him. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't really know this one, to be honest. I'm completely spacing. 21 years in the league? Mm Mm-hmm. Might even be... I'll give you one more hint. His nickname is Mr. Triple Double. That has to be a dead giveaway. No, because that's Oscar Robinson to me, and Oscar's definitely not in the league anymore. <sighs> I forgot he was called Mr. Triple Double, too. They, they would be recycling oh, nicknames I, all oh, the time. it's Jason Kidd. Yep. Jason Kidd. He spent... Tw- wow. 21 years. That's the one that that stuck me because I was thinking more of like an 18-year career. I didn't know he was in the league for 21 years. Yeah, he was in the league for 21 years. And nine-time all-defense NBA. That's impressive. Yeah. That was a good one. Jason Kidd was a stout defender, dude. Like, oh, I, I've was, always, I've always remembered him as Asen Kid, where he couldn't hit ever hit a J. So, right. like, that yeah. was the whole joke. That was like, one of his nicknames too. Like, I didn't want to give that one like, away. Like, though. Uh, like, yeah, that would really give it away. But like, I always think of Jason Kidd as like what Lonzo is right now, currently. All right, like, let's let me try. Let's see if we can get one more in here before the break. All right, just real quick. All right, this player is a junior. To another famous NBA player, guess who? Gary Trent Jr. Just because we nope, talked about him. Today. That was a good one. No, nah, it's Larry Nance Jr. All uh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's All right. So that was a good round. That was a good round. I stumped you on a couple. You got a couple. I got one. I got one. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still trying to figure out ways to stump the bash, man. Uh, when we come back, we will talk 
a little bit of, uh, more about um, MPJ, Harris and Barton, ret- Harris and Barton returning, and we're going to look ahead to the Clippers and the Raptors. Stay tuned on GoMileHigh.com. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and College Radio is that place for it. College Radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know? From getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio, now, more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. What does it take to be on air? It's not just the personality, though it does help. It takes drive, creativity, passion, and the willingness to develop yourself and truly find what makes you special. At Go Mile High, students are given this chance to become something great. You never know. Someone you're hearing right now could be the next big thing, and you could be the first to know how it all started. So keep listening, because you never know what's next on GoMileHigh.com. Hey, Colorado sports fans, you're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, man. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Show wing. Listening to Take That Up. Here's your host, Mark Knight. All right, welcome back to Take That L. I am Arthur Knight, and with me is Nick Basher. Uh, so, MPJ, bro, MPJ. I've been overly critical of this kid. Um, his first few games weren't stellar. Uh, before he got the ankle injury, he was playing better. 
Um, but since he has gotten a lot of minutes, especially starting minutes in the bubble, with the exception of the Lakers game where he still shot 100% six of six from the floor, uh, I believe three of those were threes. Three for uh, three? Yep. Yeah, three for three from the beyond the arc. Uh, MPJ has become a double-double machine, um, with the exception, like I said, of the Lakers game, which he still almost got a double-double. I think he was two rebounds shy of a double-double. He had eight rebounds, if, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, so it bodes the question again. He had four rebounds. Four rebounds? Okay, yeah. excuse me. Fuel. So he was six. He was six, six but away. But still, I mean, I mean, when you're not playing a whole quarter where shots are going up. And also, exactly. that, that was a very efficient game by both sides. Both sides were shooting the ball very pretty well. Yeah, for e- firm, extremely well. Both over 50% Almost in three. the 60% range. Yeah. <laughs> but that, it does bode the question um, with him being a double-double machine and the performance he had against the best team in the West. Um, Defensively. Should... Best defensive team in the West. That best, means that means a best lot. Best team in well, the West. It's best team, but like like what's their staples? Their defense. And although they and didn't they, play well, they are they are the second best defensive team in the league. Yes, and the first in the West. Um, and the and the boys shot six for six. Uh, did have four rebounds. Uh, a couple of block shots. I think was sprinkled in there. A couple assists. Um, he had he had a great overall all around game. Or not great. Excuse me. He had a good overall game against the best team. Arguably the best team in the league, definitely the best team in the West. Some would argue the Clippers are the best team, but they haven't shown that. Uh, it, it's it's between those two teams. It's There's between no those question. two those two teams. But I'm giving the nod to the Lakers. Anyways, um, but back to MPJ. Should he be starting? And we had this conversation a little bit last night, and I've had a, a couple of conversations with people on you know uh, Facebook and whatnot. This is my theory. I was going to say, you, I, you talked about it last night, These the lineup theories between the first and second. Go with that, because right. that was a great take. Well, and I, and I'm, I think I'm going to go with that, because this this is my thought on the whole on the whole thing. Does MPJ, has he earned the right to start? In my mind, no, not yet. He hasn't done what he's been doing on a consistent basis for more than a season or even a half a season. It's only been seven games, six games, excuse me, six games that he's shown that he has potential to be a starter. But with that said, I do believe that starting playoffs, he should be starting, and this is why. I believe that moving Barton and Millsap to the bench gives – the bench, the veteran leadership that I think that our starting cast needed last two years. I don't think Jokic and Murray really need that anymore. I don't think they need um, Millsap's leadership qualities or skills in the offense anymore or on the court to start, right? But if you move him and Barton to the second string or coming off the bench, that gives Barton his best position that puts him at the two. And um, it also puts him as the first scorer coming off the bench. Yeah, with Monte him and, being able to distribute him and Monte more. Morris would have probably, and if not as good two man game as as Murray and Jokic, here or better. Here's a better example: 
the Montrez Herald and Lou Williams pick and roll coming exactly. off that second bench. Exactly. Could that become our version? And even we get the exception of having a Millsap who with the the, the defensive leadership, the the IQ, the be able to right. stretch the floor Plus a little bit. Plus he can still shoot the three. Exactly. He can still play his rec league style that he's been playing the past year and a half. Yeah. Um, hey, yo, he's just there to cash those checks, bro. And then that moves that moves MPJ and uh, Grant. Grant into the starting role, which and it doesn't if you if we get Harris back that doesn't put our starting five at much of a less defensive advantage because uh, Grant is still a pretty stout defender. And, and, and my whole theory is, is that MPJ's lack of experience in a starting role um, or, or the veteran leadership of Millsap and Barton being on the second string outweighs having that lack of experience with MPJ in the starting role. I think that this way the Nuggets would be coming in waves at teams and not every team. The Clippers, the Dallas Mavericks, and maybe the – not even maybe, the Blazers would be the three teams, and that's if the Blazers make it. The three team, Those are the three teams that have the capability of taking on the Nuggets in waves uh, that they would be able to throw at other teams. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, no, when you told me that last night, I thought that was a great – great way to look at the, the kind of like the psychology of how we need our team mm-hmm. um, having Murray and, and Jokic as our clear number one and two offensively and then having Porter Jr. as that third wheel I think that's a great trio to have it creates the triangle it creates the triangle like we we're talking about most teams having, won't be able to collapse on the two-man game right yeah having also Gary Harris and Jeremy Grant Jeremy Grant being able so switchable being able to go he guard cuts to the Basket, yeah, yep. great cutter, but being able to, I'm looking more at the defensive side on this now. Right. Okay. So Grant being able to be versatile, being able to switch between threes, some fives, obviously not all fives, but two, three, Against fours. Houston. Two, yeah, Houston's a perfect example. Anyone on Houston he can guard, but most teams, two, three, fours. Right. And then you have Gary Harris, same thing, can guard one through three. Mm-hmm. And then you have Michael Porter Jr. That just adds the length. See, my thing is like, if we're going to get rid of Will Barton out of And the, rebounds. Very true. If we're going to get Will Barton out of the starting lineup, at least we're adding the Michael Porter Jr. length that I think can help replace Will Barton's maybe experience or his IQ. Because just with the extra five or six inches Michael Porter Jr. can give you. And then you give him experience too. Very true. And under pressure situations. And then let's just look at it from the bench side. Then you have Monte Morris, you have Barton, you have um, uh, Paul Millsap as your big three on the the second unit. Right. Oh, and Craig. Don't forget about Craig. Uh, Craig. Well, Craig is the, the defense specialist. That's kind He's of like the X factor on that second core. Definitely. Cause if he can hit threes, it changes that whole entire it, dynamic. Exactly. And then here's the real question though. We were talking about this last night. Is it bull over Plumley? Yes. Because I, I think it has to be because it has to be. Uh, just of what he can do. And this, I, I hope our listeners aren't thinking I this hate is, saying that because I like Plumlee. I know. I do too. And I don't want the Denver fans to think that we're just being biased because of how great Bowl has looked over these last games. you got to look at the idea that what Bowl can do with stretching the floor, being able to pass the ball, uh, being able to run a little point forward, 
it just changes our dynamic. He gives of you offense. Jokic in the second in the second string, not as dynamic, hundred percent. But he gives you Jokic, especially with that pat the, the way he was passing last night. Like it, that gives that gives you a whole nother. Di- now Plumlee is a good passer. He he just doesn't have the he athleticism. Doesn't have the hands. He doesn't have the ha- he doesn't have the uh, the handle like Bull has. He doesn't have he doesn't the, uh, like you said the athleticism. Like mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, I love Plumlee, and if we can bring him back on like a like a mid level exception, like a seven million dollars a year contract right i would love it but just realistically looking at it plumley can't grab a rebound and run, and the, floor run the floor on a fast break yes and bull bull did that twice last night and he's done it many times in the bubble before exactly so to me um you have to go with bull bull on that second on that second or you have to at least share between Plumlee, I mean, him and Plumlee being on the floor together last night was a pretty dynamic, it, if you ask me. That, that, that three, four, or that four, five is Because that pass we were talking long. about in the first segment, uh, when we were talking about it earlier, that pass that from in between the three point line and the, the, the half court line was to Plumlee. Yeah, that was a. That uh, was to a Plumlee for a Plumlee dunk. That was a four or five pass. It really was. And, and so, you know, but you, if you're really of the basketball mind, um, if you're really a good, savvy basketball mind, you have to go. And, and Malone is. I believe that the coach of the Denver Nuggets is that savvy. I think he knows he's going to have to go with Bol Bol um, at least, and real quick, at I, least seven minutes. I want to just say this. I think another player that he's Mike Malone is seriously considered playing is P.J. Dozier. With yeah. the, the uncertainty of... So that would mean that Barton Barton's basically odd man out, though. Well, in this circumstance, because he still hasn't played any games left. I there's still no think way they're, they're, they're taking out Morris. There's no way. No way. No He's way. playing way too efficient. That first game was not indicative to how no. he really plays. I, I, the last five or six games. Yeah, I wish I had still the stats pulled up. <laughs> or five uh, games. For last night's game, too. I could see what he shot. But I'm pretty sure he shot four for four from three, or three for four from three. Yeah. Like, he is just... Like any other team, he's a starting point guard. Yep. Yep. No question. He, well, except for maybe OKC. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, well, you don't like the four-point guard lineup they could run? <laughs> well. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's basically Houston. That's <laughs> yeah, that's seriously, all, all six, seven players. That'd be Houston all over again. But, uh, you know, the great thing about um, these playing games, you know, I was a firm believer that the Nuggets or that the NBA, I should say, should have went instead of having the scrimmages and the bubble games and all of this stuff, these playing games. I felt like they should just come back and just play right into maybe have a couple of scrimmages to warm the players up and then get right into the playoffs. You probably so but these. I regret that. I was gonna say you I probably regret that. that so I, much. I, I, re- I, I have to retract that statement and retract that that feeling because um, these have been by far the most entertaining games I have ever seen in my entire life. Like every single game. I, even some of the blowouts and have been is, really good and games. And this is this is the what you got to think of. It's like these games are so exciting. Like, and, and the contrast, like these would be those April March games that no right. one would watch, like the dog days of NBA. Right. These are awesome games. Like we're getting, and the best part about it, it's like six or seven games a day. Some days, it, every day, like, like every the, day the you're least, getting games. The least you're going to get is four. <laughs> the most you're going to get is seven. It's right. it's awesome, man. It, it, for a basketball junkie like myself, I'm I'm overdosing right now on basketball. <laughs> um, and you know, just real quick, so the Nuggets do get Harrison Barton uh, are set to return the last game against uh, Toronto. Toronto, um, that's really really good news for the Nuggets. Uh, we really we they really need uh, Harris's. You know, a lot of people don't understand, but Harris is also a leader on that 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 starting bench. He's 
He's a very vocal leader when it comes He's to one the of defensive the side. The team. He was drafted before anybody that's on this team to this team. Uh, on the current roster, including uh, well, uh, traded. Jokic. Well, 2014, drafted. If traded. you know how the draft works, you know that he was basically drafted for the Nuggets by another team. Yes. Anyway, um, so let's look ahead a little bit since we've got just a, about a minute left. Uh, the Nuggets play the Clippers tomorrow, and then they play the, the Raptors the day two days after that on, uh, on Friday, and then that will round out their, uh, their games. Uh, give me, give me who they beat and who they lose to. Man, quickly, I, I want to be so analytical prior to this bubble and want to be so right about my records, but I don't think it matters. So I'm going to say, just because I'm a Nuggets fan, we're going to win both. Okay. <laughs> All right. He's going to give the Homer answer. I think we actually beat the Clippers and we lose to the Raptors. Uh, and so with that said... That is our show for today. I'd like to thank JG on the boards, doing her thing as she always does, keeping us on track. And my man, Bashman, keeping it real and giving the hot takes. And for myself, Arthur Knight, we thank you for listening to Take That L on GoMileHigh.com. Enjoy the rest of your day. Peace. Peace.